How's everybody doing? My name is Trey Scott. This is the College Football Daily. Uh, we're about to be joined by Brad Crawford to preview this weekend's Thanksgiving weekend's football games. Quick note, though, um, the, the Wi-Fi for our recording was was not very good. Um, our producer, is, uh, Michael Mormile, is going to do his best to clean it up. But if you hear some parts of the episode of the interview with uh, Brad, uh, if things are a little bit jumpy, if something trails off, if, if we pick up and, and start somewhere else, it's just uh, the breaks of the game. We apologize for it. We'll, we'll get our Wi-Fi working back in tip-top shape in no time. But regardless, it's 15 or so minutes of, of Brad Crawford talking college football, which is uh, it, it's tough to beat that. So enjoy. going on everybody this is the college football daily my name is Trey scott i'm joined by brad crawford national analyst for 24 7 sports brad usually i start the show with saying what day it is and and to be honest we are recording on a monday but i don't want to i don't want to like date ourselves here this is supposed to be an evergreen piece of a podcast that works all week long through the thanksgiving break i'll be back on the daily tomorrow to recap the playoff rankings with chris hummer but i wanted to get you on to talk about a pretty good slate and you know before we went live brad you and i were talking about hey this is this is football you know we've got thanksgiving football nothing better than that but it feels a little funny and uh, you made an interesting comment to me too on slack you pointed out the egg bowl is not on thursday it's not even on friday it's just a normal saturday game this year on thanksgiving weekend yeah trey i'm pretty excited about thanksgiving football you know i'm, I'm just glad we're here we, we've reached i think it's week 13 now uh Coming down the stretch, a lot of games this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and I'll have championship implications down the stretch. You know, we've got Iowa State, Texas on Friday, really big game in the Big 12. A couple of teams that are uh, sort of playing hot right now. And then Notre Dame, North Carolina, another really big game, the ACC. That's a, that's a game, Trey, where the line opened up at nine points, I think, and now it's four. Um, Notre Dame, a four-point favorite in Chapel Hill. So, Brian Kelly mentioned this week how tough that game would be for his defense going up against a team that's really balanced and scoring a lot of points, Sam Howell and Javante Williams, those guys for Tar Heels. So those are two games on Friday, Trey, that I've got circled that I'll certainly be watching. Do you think North Carolina – yeah, we, we talked about that point spread is a little bit slimmer than we thought. Do you think North Carolina can, can really put a scare into Notre Dame? Because I think it's, it's interesting like what the Tar Heels have. Um, Notre Dame, when they played Clemson – Clemson didn't, you know, didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They, you know, could still throw the ball okay though, and they definitely could not run the ball uh, with Travis Etienne behind an offensive line that isn't very good right now. But North Carolina can absolutely run the ball, and they can throw it, and they're equipped to win a shootout. I think, I, I think North Carolina, if if they get the game going fast and and with plenty of tempo, like I could see Sam Howe, you know, out dueling Ian Book. This could be a game, Trey, where if if Notre Dame does kind of stack the box and, and make sure Tar Heels don't get going on the ground, I mean, you could see Sam Howell, you know, attempt 55, 60 throws like he, he's done a lot of this season. You know, this this is still a team, Trey, that um, I, I wouldn't call the upset in this game only because, you know, this this defense is laid down at, at some point pretty much all season. Uh, 45 points against Virginia Tech. They, they won that game, I think, 56 to 45. Gave up 53 points against Wake Forest. They were down three touchdowns in that game last time out. So while the Tar Heels have a great offense and they certainly have chunk play potential, that defense has given them issues all year. And Notre Dame's a team that that tackles extremely well. Maybe maybe didn't 
uh, tackle that well against Clemson, but, you know, who does against an elite offense like that? So I think it'll be a very good game in Chapel Hill. Notre Dame has had an extra week to prepare for this game, as have the Tar Heels. So it'll be a game that, uh, you know, a lot of Irish fans are probably sitting on pins and needles watching. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Thursday slate, it's not great. Um, Colorado State versus Air Force, New Mexico, Utah State. I think the real fun is Friday, Brad. And I think, you know, you might be pleased this year that Black Friday is all virtual. You, uh, you know, you're there, there's no, there's no chance you're getting dragged out to the mall. Um, you've, you got a lot of good games at uh, Iowa State versus Texas there too. Uh, kind of might decide who gets to play Oklahoma for the big 12 title game. As we move to Saturday, it's a bummer that this is usually the weekend for Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State's going to play Illinois. Michigan's going to play Penn State at night. There are a few other key games, though, that I, I want to dive into. The Egg Bowl, Brad, what's your take right now on the state of this rivalry? Last year, it got Matt Luke fired when Elijah Moore, uh, I guess, mimed being a, a, a urinating dog. And then eventually, Joe Moorhead was fired, too. Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are friends. And this season is going pretty well for Lane Kiffin. It started off well for Mike Leach, and now it's not going so hot. And I think some Mississippi State fans are are wondering if he's going to be long for Starkville. But when you look at the Egg Bowl, which is going to be weird to watch on a Saturday afternoon, uh, what what do you first think of? Yeah, it's one of the more underrated rivalries, in my opinion, Uh, not just in the SEC, but but nationwide. These two teams really do hate each other. I know you said the head coaches are friends, but but I mean, you know, these are kind of a uh, huge recruiting game rivalry weekend-wise. And, you know, uh, two two offenses that have sort of gone in different directions this season. We saw K.J. Costello throw for 500-plus yards in that opening win over LSU, and then the Mississippi State air raid just has sort of flatlined. I think last week against Georgia really was was Mississippi State's best effort in about eight weeks, Uh, lost by seven to the Bulldogs and only had about 50 scholarship players available. So uh, Mike Leach has kind of had a tough go at it you know, since that opening week. And then you look at Lane Kiffin. You know, he, he has a losing record right now, but you talk to any media member or, or fan nationally, and you would think it's been a, you know, home run season type for, for Lane So, offense is on all sound of Matt Crow. And, you know, he's he's a coach, Trey. I, I like watching Ole Miss play because anytime it's fourth down and manageable, Lane Kiffin's going for it. And this is kind of a game on Saturday afternoon where it's, you know, throw out the records. And if, Mississippi State were able to, I guess you can call it an upset, and, and beat the Rebels. I think a lot of Bulldogs fans would call this season not really a success, but certainly one that, that ended on a positive note. Yeah, Ole Miss is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Brad, do you think Lane Kiffin, how many years do you think he's in, in uh, Oxford? I think probably three seasons. He's got to have a winning season. He has season, though, to kind of leap that job and get to a different one. I don't, I don't think Lane uh, took this job, Trey, in – at Ole Miss to, you know, stay there for the long haul. This this has always been a stepping stone uh, type position in the SEC. I think I think Lane is an A list coach and he's going to get a better job someday. Brad, the marquee game probably is the Iron Bowl, three thirty on CBS Eastern Time. Bama is a twenty four point favorite. It's it's in Tuscaloosa, so that means Auburn's probably not going to pull a shocker here. Um, do you think this is going to be a blowout? I was going to say, you know, Auburn hangs around against Bama when the game's in hair, but Bama seems to light up the scoreboard when that game's in Tuscaloosa. That probably happens again on Saturday. I think one of the biggest storylines heading into this game, Trey, and this season's Iron Bowl is, 
you know, you've got Mac Jones who lost his Heisman lead last week with a pretty good game against Kentucky, but it wasn't a Mac Jones, you know, 400-yard game that, that we're used to seeing this season. Kentucky had the SEC's top-ranked pass defense. Bama scored 63 points, but Mac Jones didn't have a 300-yard game. So I think he needs a big explosive-type performance against a pretty good Auburn team. Auburn is ranked in the top 25. Uh, really, really, Bama's quality wins this season have come against Georgia and Minnesota. Third one, uh, and you're going to see Bama come into this game as you know the unanimous top playoff seed, you know through through 12 weeks. So, not only does does Bama need to make a statement in front of that committee against a, a rival like the Tigers, but Mac Jones needs a big game too to try and catch uh, Kyle Trask in the Heisman race. I saw this morning that Alabama's defense is now number two in the SEC in in yards per play, which I think is just a a, a nice turnaround. I don't want to. You know, act like they're the underdogs who have you know pulled themselves up and managed to play good defense, considering they have superstars everywhere, and you know Patrick Sertan and Dylan Moses and all those guys. Do you look at Bama as the clear-cut number one team, not just in the in Tuesday night's playoff rankings, but as we survey who could actually win a title this year? I don't, I don't think it's going to be a year for like whoever wins this year, Brad. In a weird season, we're not going to be comparing them to 2019 LSU. But that's no. I think you're right, man. Like it's it, it's hard to find like an unquestioned team this season. I don't know if if you had the same opinion as me, Trey. But that second half and and that Georgia win, Alabama had you know played better. I know the the secondaries at, at at Clemson and Ohio State right now have been exposed in recent weeks. But I think a lot of it, Trey, is over last three games, Bama's played Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky had that game against LSU postponed. So if you ever need to get better, I mean, those three offenses, struggling offenses, it, you know, it, it really helps. But Bama had some tackling issues early, um, had some had some breakdowns defensively against A&M and Ole Miss in the first half of that Georgia game. But really since then, Bama has sort of locked things down defensively. Defensive coordinator probably isn't, isn't on the hot seat anymore, at least not right now. So uh, I do think Alabama's the – deserving number one seed right now, but you know, a lot could change over the final three weeks of the season. The college football daily will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Last one, LSU versus A&M, 7 o'clock. Aggies are 14-point favorites. These two teams don't like each other very much, Brad. What's what's the history here? Um, LSU, they beat Arkansas. It was a nice win. That program's dealing with a lot right now. A&M hasn't played in a while because of COVID concerns, but they're, they're still in the – in the playoff hunt technically and, and would love a, a blowout here. Um, what's uh, we got the, the seven overtime game a few years ago and, and then LSU just absolutely blitzed them last year. Uh, but this is, this is going to be kind of a, uh, it's not the egg bowl at all, but there's, there's no love lost between these two. Yeah. It sort of stems from that seven overtime game too, at, at Kyle field where you seem to have three or twice in the fourth quarter, a couple of times in overtime flags and and phantom turnovers and all calls you know it 
it cost LSU that nine. I think the Tigers and Ed Ogeron have have forgotten about that, especially rubbing it in last season. That that was a really lopsided game last fall with you know Joe Burrow having a huge statistical night against the Aggies. But I, th- I th- you know I think Saturday's game has a chance close. The line is fourteen and a half points. I don't think A and M is the you know kind of offense that can you know step on LSU's throat by any means. LSU is playing a little bit better defensively. They seem to have gotten things corrected since that inexplicable loss to Auburn here a couple of weeks ago. So um, LSU's playing better right now. I, I expect a pretty competitive game. And, you know, we we seem to have, have forgotten, Trey, that, you know, the the storyline the last couple of weeks in, involving the Aggies is if A&M finishes 9-1, and one, you know, there's a chance they can get that four seat in the playoff. But they, they still have to go through LSU, still have to beat a top 25 Auburn team which might not be ranked after Saturday's Iron Bowl. But, you know, I don't, I don't think A&M's going to win out. I don't think I, they're they're an elite team. Um, number six right now in the AP poll. And, you know, we'll see Tuesday night where the committee ranks them. Brad Crawford, thanks for joining us.